So when it comes to deconstruction, I think that the danger of it is, is oftentimes it's right. Like, yeah. you know, deconstruct, you know, an example would be the church doesn't have to meet in a building. Right. True. Yes. The church doesn't have to be a certain size. True. True. Church doesn't have to meet on Sundays. True. Even yeah. though we have for 2000 straight years, yeah. probably keep going, but yeah. still, yeah. you know, we could go through a list of things. Right. And the problem though, is if you follow each one of those lines of thought, you're left with like nothing basically. Yes. And um, something I've heard from you over the years that's really stuck with me is healthy church should look like healthy family. Yeah. And so, so something that's going through my mind is you don't want to deconstruct the family. Right. I don't want to sit there and say, well, we don't have to do family night. We don't. You're we right. don't have to have a chore chart. We don't. <laughs> we don't have to have date night. We don't. I right. don't have to do devotions. Yeah. I don't. Right. But at some point, what I'm left with is a dysfunctional family. Yes. And that's my fear of what's going on at the Come church on. is yeah. those things are tools to help us be who we are. Right. And then I have to evaluate the tool based on how it's helping the family. So exactly. absolutely we should change the church if it's not serving our identity as the people of God and his yeah. mission. But we have to keep that in perspective, not just go around saying all the stuff we don't have to be. And yeah. I, I know I share your frustration of just get so tired of people bashing stuff. And it's not to say we don't need to change, but that's not helping anybody. Yeah. Instead, how do we be a great family? How do we exactly. be the people of God? How do we recapture God's heart for his church, as we see in the scripture. Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for him and his purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Passion and Purpose podcast. Mm-hmm. My name is Drew Stedman, here with Jimmy Seibert. I'm really excited about today because I'm going to ask Jimmy a leading question um, mm-hmm. that I already know the answer to, but I am excited for all of you <laughs> to learn the answer to this, and I am equally passionate about this. <laughs> right. But Jimmy, I, I've, I've heard that there's a pet peeve you have mm-hmm. of people deconstructing the church. Mm. So tell us why that's a pet peeve and what, what you mean by that. Oh, Drew. Yeah. Well, you know, Jesus said, I will build my church, right? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So first of all, number one, if Jesus said, I'm building my church, why am I deconstructing the church all the time? Why am I trying to tear it down to prove a point? The, the, other, the other thing is, is that the thing that the whole world's longing for is for people to do church well. And um, the more we tear it down the less that people have the opportunity to see the beauty of the church. It takes so much energy to be the church, right? To actually be the people of God alive and well and impacting society and helping people with their problems. And it takes so much energy to try to be a Christian, like a real one, that to spend time bashing Christians and deconstructing <laughs> the church, I just it's a waste of time because I'm having a tough time just trying to be what I really believe in. And so... And I, and I don't mean that like, like, but let me go serious. I understand there's traditional things and practices that keep us from the beauty of God right. or the intent of the church. And there's people calling stuff church that I don't think Jesus would call church or it wasn't right. the intent of God. So there, there's we, we have to be a prophetic voice to, hey, that doesn't look like Jesus. That doesn't look like the New Testament. That doesn't look like the intent of God. But all that is is a reference point then to then go be who God's called us to be. So it's almost like what I'm hearing you say is 
too many people are spending too much time telling us what the church is not yes and not nearly enough time telling us what the church is absolutely amen and and when we talk about even passion and purpose you know like the name of this podcast and we uh, book we wrote and all that stuff it's all about that what if we actually lived out the new testament what if we actually took the words of jesus and obeyed them what if we actually looked at the new testament and learned that they were just it was just a journey that they were on as the people of god to see god glorified in the earth what if we actually gave our lives to that 24 7 seven days a week i bet we could change the world that's how we started this whole deal and that's where i keep coming back to because when you see the people of god being the people of god you're like boom this is that that god created us for uh, i was just um uh, with our uh, leader of our work in Mongolia. And he was talking about the incredible impact of the church there and the churches and the work that they've done. But specifically, we were highlighting Unbound, which is our anti-trafficking initiative. And we just had a team through who uh, trained all the federal prosecutors in the whole nation. Uh, wow. our, our lead guy was with our lead Mongolian gal, a lawyer who went on full-time staff to uh, uh, eradicate trafficking. They do commercials where men stand up and tell their men in Mongolia, say no to pornography. They go on trains and do rescues. They've rescued over 1,500 girls. They create rescue houses. They do disciple making. And they went and met with this parliament leader, and he's now advocating to write a law. Actually, I think the law is being signed here in the next couple of weeks outlawing any kind of trafficking, prostitution stuff for the whole country. Wow, now, praise God. But it's the church. It, it, it was of and by and through the church. It was, let's be the people of God. There's something not of God here. Let's then, as the people of God. So the whole church in Mongolia is unbound. Unbound isn't a separate organization. It's the people of God. And man, and if they didn't believe in the church, there wouldn't be the volunteers, the, the, the strength and the prayer, the uh, uh, gifts and callings that are in the church to serve this deal, there wouldn't be the influence in the city and the nation. And these girls that were being rescued would never be discipled and made whole again because there wouldn't be a church to be a part of. So take that one little illustration and you realize, man, I want to spend my rest of my life putting energy into the joy of the church, the, the, uh, the pursuit of being the church instead of deconstructing the church. That's great. So when it comes to deconstruction, I think that the danger of it is, is oftentimes it's right. Like, yeah. you know, deconstruct, you know, an example would be the church doesn't have to meet in a building. Right. True. Yes. The church doesn't have to be a certain size. True. True. Church doesn't have to meet on Sundays. True. Even yeah. though we have for 2,000 straight years. Yeah. Probably keep going. But yeah. still, yeah. you know, we could go through a list of things. Right. And the problem, though, is if you follow each one of those lines of thought, you're left with like nothing, basically. Yes. And um, something I've heard from you over the years that's really stuck with me is, Healthy church should look like healthy family. Yeah, and so, so something that's going through my mind is you don't want to deconstruct the family. Right. I don't want to sit there and say, "Well, we don't have to do family night. We don't. Right. We don't have to have a chore chart. We don't. <laughs> we don't have to have date night. We don't. I right. don't have to do devotions. Yeah. I don't. Right. But at some point, what I'm left with is a dysfunctional family. Yes. And that's my fear of what's going on at the Come church. On. Is yeah. Those things are tools to help us be who we are. Right. And then I have to evaluate the tool based on how it's helping the family. So exactly. absolutely we should change the church if it's not serving our identity as the people of God and his yeah. mission. But we have to keep that in perspective, not just go around saying all the stuff we don't have to be. And yeah. 
I, I know I share your frustration of just get so tired of people bashing stuff. And it's not to say we don't need to change, but that's not helping anybody. Yeah. Instead, how do we be a great family? How do we exactly. be the people of God? How do we recapture God's heart for his church as we see in the scripture? Yeah. So I, I want to take that thought for a second. And Jimmy, it, when you read the New Testament, what stands out to you about the church? Sure. Well, I, I think that, um, let me let me uh, just kind of maybe address a lot of things that I hear out there that, that um, when I when and a lot of scriptures come to my mind when I hear this, right? So when people say, you know, I'm not really into the church; I'm into the kingdom, and everybody knows that the kingdom is bigger than the church. And then I then I think, let me think of a few scriptures related to that. So Jesus said, um, "Your thy kingdom come; thy will be done on earth as in heaven." And then He says, "I'll build my church; the gates will not prevail against it." Acts two happens. The Gospels declare the kingdom of God now comes by the Holy Spirit on a people. They cry out, what must I do to be saved? They, they are saved, and then they gather house to house as the people of God and begin to multiply out. And it says people are being added day by day. Those are being saved by the beauty of the community, by the power of the community, by the love of the community through the, uh, called the church. So we see the kingdom of God throughout the book of Acts and the rest of the story and at the end, in Revelations, we say Jesus, it says, to the seven kingdoms? No. He said to the seven churches. And they talk about the kingdom of God through the power of Jesus. and the, But the kingdom comes through a vehicle called the church. The kingdom comes through a people called the church. Uh, Peter says it this way, that we're living stones being built together into a house of God, the church. And he says, you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. You may declare the glory of God. So all this stuff about, uh, I, I've heard like people that are way smarter than me, like way smarter and, and uh, better theologians than I am saying, well, the word church isn't really used in, in the New Testament, the word kingdoms used. And I'm like, have you read the New Testament? Uh, so, <laughs> I, you know, I'm like, are you kidding me? The word church and or a variation of it, body of Christ, is 113 times is in the New Testament. 113 times. So it is not a byword. It's not a side job, right? And to the church at Ephesus, to the church at Colossae, to the church at whatever, they're not just writing to a person. They're writing to a people predominantly. Not every book, but almost every book is to a people, not just a person. So, of course, Drew, I know you agree, but I just need to rant there for a minute theologically and biblically to say if we're going to be people who follow the Bible, then what we see is a people called the church who get letters written to them about how to do church and be the people of God. And by doing church, I don't mean sitting in a building alone, but how to be a people who are alive and well and healthy. And though it addresses individuals as examples of sanctification or examples of correction or examples of leadership, it's always for the sake of a people emerging that will glorify God. So that is the beauty of the New Testament. And the book of Revelations is written to a group of churches and uh, trying to uh, help us understand how to be the people of God. So there, there we go. That's the New Testament. So let me pile on a little further. Yes. I, I <laughs> and like another thing. Come on. <laughs> and yeah. another thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think something you mentioned that's important is our society is incredibly individualistic. Yep. That's an anomaly. That's not normal. Right. And we have to learn to read the Bible uh, outside. There's beautiful right. things about our culture. Yeah. But that's different than how early believers and for right. sure 
a Jewish um, Christian, Absolutely. those early days of the church or before Jesus came, would have viewed themselves. Their, right. their chief understanding would be, I'm part of a people, yes. not I'm an isolated individual. Absolutely. And that's, that we way underestimate what a big deal that is, because getting that right actually changes the way we read Scripture. So yeah. for anybody who's wrestling with this, I want to issue a challenge to you of go back and read the book of Ephesians, Romans, Acts, both the Corinthians, Revelation, I could probably throw a few more Colossians, in there Colossians. and ask yourself the question, what's the main point of this book? Yeah. Because I would argue all of those, the main point of this book is a better understanding of what does it mean to be the church, that we are no longer Jew or Gentile, but even the language in yes. Ephesians, you know, we're doing this series and I've been right. studying it alongside right. of I've been chosen. That's the same language God used over the, for the people of Israel. For the people of Israel, he right. chose them to right. represent him to the world. What he's yes. telling us is... Uh, you know, and, and regardless of how it impacts me, him choosing me as a person, the, I believe the main message there is I am choosing you as a new people right. to be my representatives on the earth. And that's, read the book of Ephesians. This is not just about how I live a better spiritual life. Absolutely. This is just like a Jewish person would have understood their identity. Mm. He is challenging us. I'm taking Jew and Gentile, joining you together. Yes. And you have to understand your new identity. Why do you do family this way? It's because you're the people of God. Why do you live yes. this way? It's because the pe- you're the yeah, people yeah. of God. And, and look at the language that Paul uses. Um, we are the body of Christ. Right. He is the head. So what's mm-hmm. Jesus doing today? He's working through his the, hands and feet. The, the, That's you and me. That's we, right? Not me. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So so again, um, uh, even in this kind of deconstruction kind of period that uh, that seems to be out there, the, the, the goal is, so what's the goal? All right, if you, it's fair enough to say what's wrong, but what we're both advocates for, challenge, and, and we've seen thousands of examples of the goodness of God through the people of God called the church, or advocate in your deconstruction, you're not trying to destroy. You're right. trying to get to a place of identification of what is holy and right, and then bring it forward into not just your personal joy or angst or whatever it is, but bring it forward into being a solution so that we can see the glory of God. The people are desperate for models, like model families. All right, man, if I could just hang out with you, if you have a healthy marriage, if I could just hang out with you and your kids to see how to do family. People learn from seeing and, and by being a part of something. And so we often use that even as our accusation. Well, the church isn't being the church, and I've been there, and I've done that. Well, then why don't you be what the New Testament says and invite people into it? And why don't we cause a new revolution of church, like like a church for everybody, for the glory of God? You know, that is what I'm uh, about. Uh, My uh, my dear friend, Bekele Shanko, who is one of the vice presidents for uh, Campus Crusade, he believes in world evangelization. He believes in the kingdom of God coming through the church. Just incredible guy. I love him. And his his deal about world evangelization is we need a church for every thousand people on the planet. A church. Not a gospel preaching station. Not a social justice wing. Not a prayer house. He said we need a church because the New Testament says that that's where the life of God is. That's where all the stuff happens, prayer, social justice, health, all the great stuff when church done rightly is housed in a church. So if we have a church within the shot, uh, eye shot of earshot of a thousand people everywhere on the planet, then world evangelization is going to happen. 
health is going to happen. Strength of family is going to happen. Hope is going to be given. Uh, business people will be empowered. Church done right is the answer for every need in the world. So I'm a church guy till I die because Jesus died for the church. Amen. So let's let's wrap up by getting really practical. Okay. Something you said, I want to make sure everybody hears. Right. Be the solution. Yes. So whatever you're reading online, whatever thing you're <laughs> mad about, yeah. rather than get mad about it, sometimes it's worth getting mad over. Sure. Yeah. But be the solution. Yeah. And it, you know, if you're concerned the church isn't authentic community, lead a life group or join your life group and get authentic. Model it. Right. You know, it, it, we don't need more Christians on the sideline criticizing. We need mm-hmm. more Christians being the Come answer. On. And as we all do that, then we create a model for people. And I find for me, sometimes the things I'm frustrated by are the things I'm gifted in. Yes. And so the reason it's not happening is because I'm not activated. Exactly. And so we need you. And whether that's Antioch or whatever, we need you. Be the church. Right. And let me me read this last verse, um, because just to wrap up our time, uh, it's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. And just really catch this. God placed all things under his feet and pointed him to be head over everything for the church. Yes. Now get this, which is yes. his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Come on. Amen. Amen. So be it. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmycybert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.